Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 41 of Revelation chapter 14. And we've been looking at verse 15, Revelation 14, verse 15. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. In our last study, we saw that the Greek word pempo, which is translated as thrust, twice in this passage of Revelation 14, is overwhelmingly translated as send or sent every other time in the New Testament. 79 out of 81 times. The only times it's not translated as send or sent is here in Revelation chapter 14, where uh, it it says, thrust in thy sickle. We uh, certainly can understand this to be a command, send in thy sickle and reap. And we saw how God has his people as the reapers. Uh, we went to John chapter 4, and we're going to, going to go back there now. John 4, and beginning in verse 34. It says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not either yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap, that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye entered into their labors. And here in this passage, we see that Christ is speaking to his people, and uh, he is speaking of sowing and reaping, and it is the true believers who sow the gospel seed, and it is the true believers that reap of the same. Jesus' statement in verse 38, I sent you to reap, whereupon you bestowed no labor. He's speaking to his disciples, to the true children of God. I sent you to reap. But there is um, more to reaping than just the end of the world. As we're reading in Revelation 14, it is judgment day, it is the final harvest of the end of the world, and Christ is putting in the sickle or sending in the sickle, which relates to him sending his people with the word of God, with the teaching of the Bible, at this time, this present time of judgment, which declares that salvation is complete and and so forth. All the information we've learned in these days after the tribulation. We are to 
share it, and in so doing, we will be actively involved in the reaping process. But, as it says here in John 4, in verse 35, Say not either yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And we need to uh, look further into the Bible in order to understand the statement that Jesus is making. He's saying, basically, now there is harvest. And yet they're saying, well, harvest is four months away. I think as we examine some of the biblical statements concerning harvest, we'll understand much better what is being said here in in John 4.35. The Bible speaks of three periods of rain. We discussed that recently from Joel chapter 2. Let me read that verse in Joel 2. It's a wonderful picture that God sets up of the times and seasons of his salvation program. And we read in Joel 2, it says in verse 22, Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in Jehovah your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month, and the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And here we see the connection. God sends the rain, and the fruit comes forth. The wheat and and the oil overflows, and and uh, that that is the fruit of the fields. The, the crops are brought in in harvest. The rains bring the harvest, fruitful, plentiful harvest. And when we look at the Bible, we find that the Bible speaks of three rains. It said here the former rain moderately or the former righteous rain. It, it would be better understood as. And then the former rain or early rain and then the latter rain. And as we talked about this before, the former righteous rain was throughout the Old Testament time, especially during the period of Israel's formation until Christ came into the world. He was the fruit that rain produced. And and when Jesus went to the cross, that was the harvest of the fruit. Then came the early rain, which was identified with Pentecost and bring in the first fruits unto God, all those saved during the church age. And then the third and final season was the latter rain that brought in the final fruits in, in the Feast of Ingathering, gathering the great multitude that was saved out of the little season of the great tribulation. Well, um, let's go to Leviticus 23 and we'll see how God speaks of these harvests. In Leviticus 23, it says in verse 10, Speak unto the children of Israel, 
and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, and, and there's the language we're uh, interested in at this time, reap the harvest, uh, when ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before Jehovah to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And this is the first of the first fruits, is how God speaks of this in another place in Exodus 23 and verse 19. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of Jehovah thy God. The first of the first fruits. And here in Leviticus 23, at the end of the verse where it says, Ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. The word first fruits is Rosheth. It's the Hebrew word Rosheth, which is a strong 7225. And this is a different word, a different Hebrew word, than the word used for first fruits that we find in other places in the scripture that relates to Pentecost, to the day of Pentecost, to the day of first fruits. And, and that's a different Hebrew word. Um, uh, that word is Bikur, and that's 1061 in Strong's Concordance. The first of the first fruits is uh, the feast that identifies with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the first of the first fruits. As it says in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 23, But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Jesus is called the first fruits, and that is derived from Leviticus 23.10 and, and Exodus 23.19 that speaks of the first of the first fruits. The sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest is brought and, and this is the initial harvest, the, the first of the first fruits, which would identify with the early righteous reign. That again, God's word produced finally after the Old Testament season had ended. The Messiah had entered into the human race. Christ came into the world. And then he would be, as he lived out the tableau, he would demonstrate that he was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world and go to the cross to picture the first of the first fruits. Now, notice it says, the first of first fruits harvest is to be held when ye be come into the land. And we read of Israel crossing Jordan in the book of Joshua. And it says in Joshua chapter 4, in verse 17, Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of Jehovah 
were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place, and flowed over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And that that tenth day of the first month is significant. It relates to the time when the Lamb would be chosen. And this is the crossing of Jordan into the promised land. As Leviticus said, you you will offer up the first of the first fruits when ye be come into the land. And here they're entering into the land, the promised land of Canaan, on the tenth day of the first month. And then in the next chapter, Joshua 5, it says in verse 10, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. Now this relates to the timing of the the first of the first fruits, but also of the Feast of First Fruits. If we go back to Leviticus 23, and it says, beginning in verse 15, And he shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days. And ye shall offer a new meat offering unto Jehovah. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto Jehovah. And and this is bikur, the word for first fruits, um, the Hebrew word 1061. It's, it's a different word than rishith, the first of the first fruits, who is Christ. This is pointing to Pentecost, to the bringing in of the first fruits, which would spiritually represent all those saved throughout the 1955 years of the church age. But notice how God sets it up. When you be coming to the land, then the, the day after the Sabbath and so forth, you start counting for the Feast of Weeks, until you number 50 days. And we can see how this related historically when Christ went to the cross. First, he was uh, he was selected as the Lamb of God when he entered into Jerusalem. And they all cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the Son of David. And Christ was selected to be the first of the first fruits, and then later it was at the time of the feast of Passover that Christ went to the cross and he died demonstrating the things he had done from the foundation of the world. And following that, as it said there, God spelled it out how to count the 50 days. We go to 50 days later, Pentecost, 
And Acts 2 tells us when Pentecost was fully come, because the these first two feasts, the, the first of the first fruits, the Lord Jesus and Passover was spiritually fulfilled at its proper season. Then on the very day of Pentecost, as it began to be fulfilled spiritually, Pentecost was being fulfilled on that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out and 3,000 became saved. And it's all related to harvest, to the rain brings in the harvest. Christ was the first of the first fruits when he went to the cross and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost signaled the next season of harvest and God's program in his times and seasons. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 16, uh, the Lord gives us uh, further confirmation that that Yes, his whole plan of salvation and judgment are interwoven with the seasons of harvest. In Deuteronomy 16, verse 16, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before Jehovah thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, and that's another term for Passover, as that feast begins right at Passover time. And in the Feast of Weeks, another way of saying Pentecost. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, Tabernacles and ingathering are held simultaneously. And they shall not appear before Jehovah empty. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of Jehovah thy God, which he has given thee. Notice that language. God says, There's three times in a year all the males must come to the place that I choose. And then he lists them, Passover, Pentecost, in-gathering, and you are not to appear before me empty. Why not? Because they're harvest times. And it's when you bring in the fruit. And, And therefore, you should have an offering out of the abundant crop out of the fruitfulness out of the blessing God has blessed you with and and so we see how those three times in a year relate to God's three harvest Christ was the first first fruits was the second and then the third is the harvest that comes at the end of the year but but the bible speaks of the end of the year uh, even though it's the seventh Hebrew month. And having this information, if we go back to John chapter 4, and we look at what's being said here in verse 35, Say not either yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And if we uh, understand that the 14th day of the first month is likened to a harvest, the time of Passover. That's when the first of the first fruits are brought in. Then if you go 50 days from that point, it brings us to early on in the third Hebrew month. We, we would be in one of the earlier days of the third Hebrew month. Well, 
that 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 would relate to Pentecost, which would occur in in one of those early days of the third Hebrew month, and and so we can see why they say there are yet four months to harvest, because to the final harvest of uh, in gathering, which is held with tabernacles, that's in the seventh month, and so from the third month when when uh, it's the harvest of first fruit you have 4 months until you get to the 7th month and and i think christ is making a reference to his own harvest which uh, would take place shortly as he is the fruit himself but it would be completed once he went to the cross and then to the harvest of first fruits which would shortly follow, 50 days after Passover. So Jesus is saying that those particular aspects of God's overall harvest are actively, or soon to be actively, taking place. And so that's why the reference to the fields are white already to harvest, even though God had a plan and of course, we can read it when we read Matthew 13 that says the harvest is the end of the world. Or when we read Revelation 14 that speaks of, uh, let me read it lest we forget, as we're so uh, prone to do uh, quickly. In Revelation 14, it, it says in verse 15, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So there, there's, there's no doubt God does speak of judgment day as a harvest and a time of reaping. That, that's very clear. Yet, there have been previous harvest in his overall program and previous times of reaping. So, uh, just wanted to clarify that. And, um, also in John 4, where it says in verse 38, I sent you to reap, that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored and you're entered into their labors. Now, uh, I mentioned the Greek word translated as thrust in Revelation 14. I think it's Strong's 3992. 79 times it's translated as send or sent. It is found in verse 34 of John 4, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's Pempo. But verse 38 is a different Greek word. It is not Pempo, but it is Apostello, which is strong 649. And this is also a word that is overwhelmingly translated as send or sent. Actually, it's, it's used more times than Pempo to indicate sending. Uh, it, it's found, I think, 125 times in the Bible. And 120, uh, I forget the number, I, I did this recently, but it's at least 121 or 123. It is send or sent. And one time it's set, S-E-T, and one other time, apostello is translated other than send or sent. It's translated as put in, in Mark chapter 4. In Mark 4, it says 
in um, verse 26. Let's, let's begin there. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And the Greek word apostello is putteth in. Notice again, it's used with the word sickle. The word sickle in the New Testament is always translated sickle. It's found, I think, seven times in Revelation 14 and once here, and that's it. So God says in Revelation 14, thrust in the sickle, and he uses a word, pempo, that means send, and is often uh, overwhelmingly used in association with sending messengers. Send in the sickle. And and then when we read uh, John 4, verse 38, I sent you to reap. I sent you, speaking to true believers, I have to admit I was at first disappointed that it wasn't Pempo. I thought, oh, uh, it would have been perfect. It, it would have fit so well with what we're reading in Revelation 14. But then when I looked it up and I saw, well, this is another word that has basically the same meaning as Pempo, and it's actually translated more often as sender sent and and God uses that word also in the context of Mark 4:29 when the fruit is brought forth immediately he putteth in the sickle and we're reading in Revelation 14 judgment day began May 21 2011 when God completed what the latter rain was finished. The fruit of the great multitude was brought in. That is, they were all saved. And immediately after the tribulation, because the great multitude came out of great tribulation, immediately after, put in the sickle. That is, send in the sickle. That's what the word means. And it's a word that Jesus uses in John 4.38. I sent you to reap. He is commissioning us. He is sending us. This is our task at this time. The sowing season is done. We're never to sow again. That time is past. But we are to be busy occupying in reaping. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.